Chapter 12 No! Danielle screamed again, rattling the fence with both hands. Danielle, what's wrong? Caroline cried. She came running up behind her. What is it? Kit! Kit! Danielle continued to shake the rusty fence. Dee, stop! She shrieked. Caroline, she's going to kill him! Caroline yanked Danielle's arm hard and turned her around. What are you talking about? Kit! Kit and Dee aren't in there, Danielle. It's just two kids. Look! Danielle blinked hard and squinted through the fence. Two dark-haired boys, about nine or ten, stared back at her. Hey, we were just wrestling, one of them called to Danielle. We weren't doing anything wrong, the other boy called in a trembling, tiny voice. Uh, sorry, Danielle murmured. But the boys didn't wait for her apology. They raced to the other side of the lot, ducked under the fence, and ran out of sight. Two kids, Danielle thought. Not Kitten D. Two boys. She uttered a low moan as she realized she'd had another violent fantasy. So powerful. So real. What happened? Caroline demanded, snapping Danielle from her frightening thoughts. You screamed about Kitten D? You saw something, didn't you? Danielle nodded. What was it? That doesn't matter, Danielle cried. What matters is these fantasies aren't stopping. Come on, Caroline urged, putting an arm around Danielle's shoulders. Let's get back to the hotel. You told me you met with Dr. Moore. What did he say? He says I have violent thoughts because my parents died violently. Well, that makes sense, I guess, Caroline said. She guided Danielle gently back toward the hotel. As they walked, a picture suddenly flashed into Danielle's mind. Not a fantasy, something much more frightening. Once again, Danielle saw her parents' accident, their car soaring off the cliff, their bodies torn on the jagged rocks below. She hadn't seen her parents' bodies, not even at the funeral, and no one had told her they'd been torn up on the rocks, but that's what she kept picturing. Why, she wondered, her hands clenched into fists. Why do I keep thinking about it? Why can't I put it behind me? She sucked in a long breath. Are you going to be okay? Caroline asked, her blue eyes studying Danielle. Do you want me to ask Billy? No, Danielle interrupted. Don't tell Billy I freaked out again. He probably already wishes I'd never joined the band. No way, Caroline declared. He thinks you're great, but Danielle, Billy really cares about everybody in the band. He'd want to know something's wrong. I still don't want you to tell him, Danielle insisted. I'll be okay for the show. Please, Caroline. Promise me you won't say anything to him about this. Okay, I won't tell, Caroline promised. A few minutes later, they arrived at the hotel. Danielle saw everyone in the small lobby. To her great relief, Kit and Dee were there too. I can't believe you two would just take off like that, she heard Billy scolding Kit and Dee. He checked his watch. We've got a performance in less than an hour, in case you forgot. We didn't take off, Dee snapped. We're here, aren't we? Hey. I'm sorry, man, Kit told Billy. I ran into some friends and didn't notice the time. I'll go set up the equipment right now. No problem. Kit squeezed Danielle's shoulder as he hurried past her. What about you, Dee? Mary Beth asked. Where were you? Dee shrugged. I took a walk, Mary Beth frowned. Where? Hey, you're not my mother, Dee snapped. Never mind, Billy said impatiently. We've got a show to put on. Everybody move it. Danielle wore her sparkling red dress for the performance. Maybe it's my lucky dress, she thought, as the audience stomped and clapped for an encore of bad moonlight. Hey, isn't there a curfew in this town? She called out, teasing the crowd. If we sing again, anybody under 21 will get picked up. We don't care, a girl shouted. The crowd cheered. Laughing, Danielle turned to the band. What do you say? Shall we get them in trouble? For an answer, 
Mary Beth tossed her short red hair and did a riff on the drums. Caroline and Dee played the opening bar of the song, and Danielle turned back to the audience. You want it? You got it, she shouted. The crowd cheered. Bad moonlight killed them again. A hit in Hastings, Billy kept chanting when the show was over. We're a hit in Hastings. You're not thinking of making that a song, I hope, Caroline said dryly. If you are, I have to warn you. The lyrics really bite? Billy laughed. Don't worry. I'll leave the songwriting to you, Danielle. I'm just so pumped, he added, as he hurried to help Kit break down the equipment. So was the audience, Mary Beth commented. What an awesome night. Hey, why don't we take a walk or something, Billy suggested, doing a couple of dance steps as he called up a cable. Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into. I'm not ready to settle down yet. Count me in, Kit replied, picking up one of the extra floor mics. Let's get this stuff stowed in a van and go down to the river. They all worked quickly, and in another twenty minutes the equipment was packed. As Danielle hopped out of the van, she glanced up at the sky. A thin layer of clouds had covered it all evening. Now the clouds had drifted away, revealing a pale moon, nearly full. Hey, it feels great to walk. I mean, after being cooped up in that tiny club, Kit said. He slid an arm around Danielle's shoulder. Wow, check out the moon. Danielle leaned into the circle of his arm. It's beautiful, she said softly. Beautiful. And bad, she thought. Danielle shivered. I can't walk under that moonlight, she told herself. No more bad moonlight. The words forced their way through her mind. Her body began to tremble. I'm afraid of the moonlight, she realized. Afraid of the bad moonlight. Afraid of what it will make me do. Is everybody ready? Billy asked, slamming the van doors. Danielle straightened up and stepped away from Kit. I think I'll skip the walk, she said, trying to sound casual. Huh? How come? Mary Beth asked. It's a perfect night to hang out by the river. Yeah, come on, Danielle, Caroline urged. What's your problem? I thought you were as pumped as the rest of us. I am, Danielle agreed. She struggled to think of a good excuse not to go. Then come with us, Billy insisted. We're wasting time standing around talking, Dee said impatiently. I'm going on ahead. See you at the river. We'll catch up in a minute, Kit called after Dee. He turned to Danielle. I really wish you'd come, he told her. Danielle felt tempted. The light in Kit's eyes was so warm, but the moonlight was cold, cold and evil. Danielle knew she had to stay out of it. Sorry, guys, she insisted, keeping her voice light. I feel a song coming on. If I don't work on it now, I'll lose it. The others grumbled, but they didn't push her anymore. Danielle knew they wouldn't. They knew how hard it was to write songs. If an inspiration hit, you had to go with it. Danielle grabbed her guitar from the van and waved goodbye. She hurried up to her room. Without bothering to turn on the lights, she flung herself across one of the empty beds. Her entire body trembled. Maybe she should try to write a song. She could use the melody from Stop Me, the one she'd written for Dee, and put some new lyric to it. She had dropped her guitar by the closet door. Danielle pushed herself off the bed and stumbled toward the closet. She stopped halfway across the dark room when she heard a sound. A rustling, then a cough. I'm not alone, she realized. There's someone else in this room. Danielle straightened up and started to back away from the closet. With a loud creak, the closet door swung open. Dee stepped out into the dim light. Her amber eyes glinted with fury. Don't even try to get away this time, she whispered. Chapter 13 Dee, what are you doing here? Danielle choked out. I saw you leave for the river. Yeah, right, Dee muttered. She clicked on the ceiling light. You've been trying to avoid me, Danielle. But you can't, not now, not this time. You and I are going to talk. No, Danielle cried. 
Dee's intense stare terrified her. Get out. Listen to me, Dee insisted, taking a step closer. I know the truth about Joey. Huh? What are you saying? Danielle rushed past Dee and pulled open the door to the hallway. I don't want to hear any more about it. Get out. Get out. Not until we talk, Dee insisted in a low voice. Moving swiftly, she advanced on Danielle. With a gasp, Danielle turned to flee. Kit stood blocking the doorway. Kit! Danielle grabbed his arm. What are you? Never mind. I'm so glad to see you. Kit took a step into the room. He turned to Dee. What's up? You went with the others. The fire in Dee's eyes faded. I changed my mind, she muttered. Uh, I was just saying goodnight to Danielle. See you guys. Later. Avoiding their eyes, Dee stepped past them and out of the room. What was that about? Kit asked Danielle, drawing her into the room. You look upset. I am, Danielle exclaimed. Kit, she was so furious. I thought she was going to try to strangle me again. She said she knew the truth about Joey. Excuse me? Kit's voice came out shrill. What did she mean by that? I didn't give her a chance to tell me. Danielle drew a shaky breath. But you heard what she accused me of in the van. Hey, calm down, Kit said gently. Taking her hand, he pulled her toward the window. Dee's been really upset since Joey died, and... I noticed, Danielle interrupted. Kit nodded. Yeah, I guess I don't have to tell you, he admitted. But anyway, I don't think Dee really means what she says. She didn't even like Joey, Danielle insisted. At least, she didn't act as if she did. Some people don't show how they feel, Kit replied. He put his arm around Danielle again and pulled her close. I'm not one of them, he confided. Danielle smiled. I'm glad you're not, she whispered. Kit bent his head and kissed her. Danielle kissed him back, enjoying the moment. A warm breeze blew through the open window, but Danielle shivered. She opened her eyes. Moonlight streamed in, bathing them both in its icy glow. Ignore it, she told herself. Enjoy the kiss. She pressed her hands against the back of Kit's neck, but pulled away suddenly when she heard the long, mournful howl. So close, just outside the hotel. She gasped and stumbled back from the window. Another terrifying howl. Danielle covered her ears. Make it stop, she cried. Please, Kit, make it stop. Huh? Kit gazed at her with concern. Danielle, make what stop? Chapter 14 Kit studied her face. Do you really hear something? I? Danielle paused. Don't tell him, she thought. Don't let him know. He'll think you're weird. A freak. Danielle? No, Danielle said. I mean, yeah, I heard something. A truck, I guess. You know... One of those monster trucks roaring past? I didn't hear it. Kit shrugged and reached for her again. Listen, Kit, maybe you should go to the river with everybody else, Danielle told him. I was going to work on a song, but I suddenly feel really wiped. She could see the disappointment on Kit's face. You sure you're okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Danielle put her arm around his waist and urged him to the door. I'm really glad you came back, Kit. Me too. Kit leaned close and kissed her. See you tomorrow. And try not to worry too much about Dee. Right, Danielle thought as she closed the door behind him. I won't worry too much about Dee. After all, I have a good list of other things to worry about, like the horrifying fantasies, my parents' car accident, the strange animal howls that no one else seems to hear, the moonlight, the bad moonlight. Danielle lowered the shade on the window to shut out the moonlight. She slid off the red dress and slipped into the faded blue oversized t-shirt that she liked to sleep in. The howling had stopped for a moment. Maybe she'd be able to sleep. Then she could forget everything for a while. Danielle climbed into bed, pulled the sheet up, and closed her eyes. The howling began again. Ignore it. It's in your mind, she scolded herself. No, it's not. It's real. 
She buried her head in the pillow, forcing away the frightening wails. She fell into a fitful, dreamless sleep, woke fully alert a little after two. Caroline? No, still not back. Why was Caroline out so late? Restless and wide awake, Danielle jumped out of bed. I'll get a soda from the machine at the end of the hall, she decided, then maybe try to work on a song. She dug some change out of her duffel bag and pulled open the door. Danielle froze. Halfway down the hall, sprawled on the worn carpet, lay a body. Dark, blonde hair, eyes shut tightly, mouth hanging slackly open, not smiling. Not smiling with a dimple in his cheek. Not smiling. Not smiling. Not smiling. No, Billy wasn't smiling. Billy was dead. Chapter 15 not Billy, Danielle thought. Please, not Billy. It's a fantasy, she told herself, trembling all over. Another horrifying fantasy. Danielle squeezed her eyes shut. I'll open my eyes and he'll be okay. I'll open my eyes and the body will have vanished. She took a deep breath and opened her eyes. Still there, the blood throbbing at her temples, Danielle took a step toward Billy. Then another. And another. Billy's yellow t-shirt rose and fell on his chest. He was breathing! Gasping with relief, Danielle ran to him and knelt down. A sharp smell floated up to greet her, the smell of alcohol. Then she noticed a can in his outstretched hand, a beer can. Billy, she whispered. She tugged his arm. Billy, he groaned but didn't move. Billy didn't drink much, she knew, just a beer once in a while. He never got drunk. But how much had he drunk tonight? Enough to pass out in the hotel hallway. Why, Danielle wondered. What would make a responsible guy like Billy suddenly do something like this? She shook his arm again. Billy, wake up! Billy groaned again. He turned his head, swallowed, and opened his eyes. Danielle, what, what's up? I feel awful, he choked out in a hoarse voice. You fell asleep in the hall, she told him. Come on, I'll help you back to your room. She took his arm and tugged. With great effort, she got Billy on his feet. He squinted around the hall, his expression dazed. The beer can fell from his hand and rolled over the carpet. Why'd you drink so much tonight? Danielle asked. Partying? Billy shook his head. A lot on my mind. Like what? Billy didn't reply. Danielle guided him to his room. He leaned against the door, still dazed. He stared at Danielle, struggling to focus. Then he reached out and pulled Danielle close to him in a hug. Danielle closed her eyes, enjoying the feeling of his arms around her and his chin resting on her head. This isn't like you, she whispered. Tell me what's wrong, Billy. I wish I could. Why can't you? she asked. It can't be that bad. Billy's hands tightened. Then he straightened up and pushed away from her. You're wrong, he said. It's much worse than you can imagine. So tell me, Danielle insisted. Maybe I can help. I want to, but... Billy broke off and shook his head. His hazel eyes darkened. No, you can't help, Danielle. Just forget it, okay? But... I said forget it, Billy snapped. Danielle stared at him, startled by his sudden anger. He muttered goodnight and stumbled into his room. Danielle stood in the hallway, staring at the closed door thinking about Billy's troubled words. In the distance, the howling started again. With a shiver, Danielle turned and hurried back to her room. Tomorrow, she thought, slamming the door behind her and carefully locking it. Tomorrow, I'll be home with Aunt Margaret. Tomorrow, I'll be safe. You're awfully quiet, Danielle, Aunt Margaret commented as she sponged off the counter after lunch the next day. Yeah, we're lucky, Cliff snickered and tossed his rolled-up napkin at Danielle. Ha ha, Cliff. Danielle caught the napkin, jumped up from the table, and stuffed it down the back of her brother's t-shirt. You jerk, he cried. He reached behind himself and struggled to pull the napkin out. Aunt Margaret pulled it out for him. Cliff, ow, she ordered, rolling her eyes at Danielle. 
Go out in the yard and work off some of that energy while I talk to your sister. There's nothing to do out there, Cliff complained. Aunt Margaret sighed. Cliff, you built a fort out of cardboard boxes yesterday. Don't tell me you're tired of it already. Oh, right, the fort, Cliff remembered. Okay, I'm out of here. He dashed out the back door, making machine gun noises as he left. Danielle stacked their lunch plates and carried them to the dishwasher. It felt good to be back in her own house, especially the kitchen. She loved the big square room with a scream-tiled floor, round oak table, and hanging plants in the window over the sink. Now, Aunt Margaret coaxed, pouring herself a cup of coffee, tell me what's troubling you. Danielle poured soap powder into the dishwasher. I've just been feeling so strange, she replied, and I keep having these horrifying fantasies. People fighting, tearing each other to bits, dying. She slammed the dishwasher closed and turned it on. I love being in the band, and I hate to let the others down, but maybe I should quit. Aunt Margaret raised a heavily penciled eyebrow. You're not a quitter, Danielle. I know, Danielle cried, but I keep thinking if I went to college now, instead of next year, that maybe things would change. Aunt Margaret blew in her coffee and took a sip. A film of bright red lipstick came off on the cup. Here's what I think, she announced. You should take it easy for a while. When's your next show? In a couple of days. Good, then you'll have some time to clear your mind, Aunt Margaret declared. Of course, you'll have to rehearse, but no traveling. So do some shopping, go to the movies, sleep till noon if you want, then see how you feel. I already know how I feel, Danielle exclaimed. Scared? No, not scared, terrified. Aunt Margaret, these fantasies keep getting more and more violent, and I keep thinking about Mom and Dad, a lot. Didn't Dr. Moore say that was to be expected? Aunt Margaret asked, that it would take time to get over what happened? Yeah, but it's taking too much time, Danielle insisted. I don't just miss them, Aunt Margaret. I could stand that, I guess, but I keep seeing them, picturing a car flying off the cliff. Why? Why can't I get it out of my mind? Aunt Margaret frowned sadly and shook her head. Tell me again about the accident, Danielle begged. I want to know exactly what happened. I want to know every single detail. Maybe I need to keep hearing about it until I'm sick of it or something. Aunt Margaret clicked her tongue. It isn't good to keep dwelling on these things. But, no buts. Aunt Margaret crossed to Danielle and put her arm around her. I'm no expert, but I simply can't believe that hearing about your parents' accident over and over again is going to help you one bit. Was she right? Danielle wondered. Maybe. But not hearing about the accident wasn't helping either. She couldn't stop thinking about it, no matter how hard she tried. Oh, look at the time, Aunt Margaret exclaimed. I've got laundry to fold and errands to run, and it's already two o'clock. I'll fold the laundry, Danielle offered. Absolutely not. I forbid you to do anything but relax and enjoy yourself. Aunt Margaret squeezed Danielle's shoulder. It'll be the best thing for you. I hope you're right. Of course I'm right, young lady, Aunt Margaret said sternly. Now, didn't you and Caroline make plans to go to a movie later? Danielle nodded. Good. Why don't you go out on the patio and relax until it's time to go? Pushing back her dyed red hair, Aunt Margaret bustled out of the kitchen. Danielle rinsed out the coffee cup and wiped off the table. She glanced out the window, clear and sunny, but she didn't feel like sitting on the patio. She didn't feel like going to the movies either. Caroline would understand. She knew what Danielle was going through. Danielle wiped her hands on the dish towel and reached for the wall phone next to the refrigerator. Aunt Margaret's voice came over the line. Danielle started to apologize, but Aunt Margaret must not have realized that Danielle had picked up the extension. Before Danielle could hang up, she heard her own name. It's Danielle, Aunt Margaret declared to someone on the other end of the line. I'm very worried about her. Very worried. A pause. Then Danielle heard the second voice. Come over right now. We must talk about her, the voice insisted. I'm worried too. 
Danielle stared at the phone in shock. The second voice belonged to Dr. Moore. Chapter 16 Come over right now, Danielle heard Dr. Moore repeat. I'll be there in fifteen minutes, Aunt Margaret replied. Danielle heard a click as her aunt hung up the receiver. Stunned, Danielle hung up too. She stared blindly at the telephone, her thoughts racing. She had no idea that Aunt Margaret ever talked to Dr. Moore. Had she been talking to him all along, ever since Danielle started seeing him? They sounded as if they'd spoken before. Aunt Margaret thinks I'm getting worse, Danielle thought. The sound of heels clicking down the hall made Danielle jump guiltily away from the phone. When Aunt Margaret entered the kitchen, she found Danielle peering into the refrigerator. Aunt Margaret clicked her tongue. I thought I told you to go outside and relax in that sunshine. I am. I'm just getting something to drink. Danielle grabbed a Coke and turned around. Her aunt was ready to go. A big purse slung over her shoulder and her lipstick freshened. She looks really tense, Danielle thought. Did you fold the laundry already? The laundry can wait, Aunt Margaret declared. I want to get to that white sale of Brady's. Everything is probably picked over by now, but maybe I'll get lucky. Sure, Danielle said. See you later. You relax, Aunt Margaret called back over her shoulder as she hurried out of the room. When Danielle heard the front door slam, she sank down on the nearest chair. She shut her eyes, tried to stop the room from spinning. Aunt Margaret had lied to her. After her parents' accident, her aunt had moved all the way across the country to take care of Danielle and Cliff. Aunt Margaret had always been there whenever they needed her. Danielle trusted her, until now. Aunt Margaret hid the fact that she talked with Dr. Moore about Danielle. Was she hiding other things? Danielle rose from the table and gazed out the kitchen window. Cliff and his friend from down the street were playing in the cardboard fort. They'd be at it for hours. Danielle had the house to herself. Time to find out if Aunt Margaret had any other secrets. Danielle stuck the coke back in the refrigerator and crept out of the kitchen and up the stairs. Her aunt's room overlooked the front yard. The door was closed. You shouldn't do this, Danielle scolded herself. Aunt Margaret deserves her privacy. But I deserve to know if I can trust her. She turned the knob and pushed the door open. The small room used to be the guest room. Her aunt refused to take over Danielle's parents' bedroom. That was one of the things Danielle loved about her. Danielle crossed the room and started with the desk. The shallow top drawer held pens and pencils, scissors, rubber bands. The second drawer contained checks and stubs of paid bills, a box of stationery. Danielle moved down to the third drawer, deep with folders jammed in tightly. She pulled one out. Yellowed recipes clipped from magazines and newspapers. Another folder held blank typing paper. A third was filled with Consumer Reports articles about computers. Cliff wanted one for his birthday, Danielle remembered. Aunt Margaret obviously wanted to find the best one. Danielle searched through folder after folder but found nothing interesting or surprising. No secrets. Good, she thought. Now put this stuff back and get out of here before you get caught. As she gathered the stack of folders, something on the bottom of the drawer caught her attention. An envelope way at the back. Danielle dropped the folders and carefully pulled it out. The envelope contained a wrinkled newspaper clipping, dated two days after Danielle's parents had been found dead. The headline leaped out at her, Cause Unknown and Mysterious Death of Shadyside Couple. A mysterious death? Danielle's hand started shaking so badly she was afraid she'd rip the paper. Her parents' death wasn't a mystery. They died in a car accident. Or did they? Was this another secret? Another lie? Another lie from Aunt Margaret? Danielle crossed the room and sat down in the rocking chair. She didn't want to read the story, but she had to. She had to find out what really happened to her parents. 
Smoothing the paper out on her knees, she began to read. The bodies of Shadyside residents Michael and Abigail Verona were discovered early Wednesday morning in a rock-strewn ravine twenty miles from town. The couple had been returning to Shadyside in their car. It is thought that a flat tire caused them to stop. What happened after that remains a mystery to local police. All that is certain is that they were clawed to death, their bodies torn apart. When questioned by reporters, a highway patrolman on the scene stated grimly, it looks like the work of a wild animal. Part 3. Howls. Chapter 17. Why did Aunt Margaret lie to me, Dr. Moore? Danielle asked the next day. Why didn't she tell me the truth? She lied to protect you, Danielle, he explained gently. She kept a painful truth from you because she didn't want to hurt you any more than you'd been hurt. I, I'm just so upset, Danielle confessed. Upset and confused. All these years, I... I thought I could trust my aunt. You can, Dr. Moore started, but Danielle cut him off. She didn't have to tell me about the horrible way Mom and Dad died five minutes after it happened, but she could have told me later. She should have told me later. Dr. Moore leaned forward in his chair. I had a long talk with your aunt yesterday. I know that, Danielle interrupted. I picked up the phone to make a call and heard her talking to you. Why didn't you tell me that the two of you have been discussing me all this time? The doctor smiled and shook his head. Because we haven't, he replied. Danielle, you can trust your aunt. Believe me. She was very worried about you yesterday, so she called me. For the first time since I've been seeing you. Yesterday, Danielle thought, gripping the arms of the chair. Until yesterday, she had believed that her parents died in a car accident. Danielle was right about one thing. They'd been torn to pieces, but not on rocks the way she'd imagined. They'd been torn apart by animals. Danielle shuddered. Aunt Margaret called you because she was worried, she told Dr. Moore. And I heard you say you were worried, too. I have to know, Doctor. Are things worse than I thought? I won't lie to you, Danielle, Dr. Moore replied softly. I'm concerned, yes. Danielle's heart sank. She was getting worse. The fantasies you have are normal, as I've told you, the doctor continued. But the more you worry, the longer it will take for them to disappear. That's what concerns me. You mean, I'm making myself worse, Danielle asked. No, you must not blame yourself, the doctor said quickly. Blame me. I'm the one who's supposed to ease your fears, and I haven't been successful. Yet, he added with a smile. Danielle couldn't smile back. Dr. Moore stood up and sat on the edge of his desk. Let's get to work, Danielle. I want you to put everything out of your mind and concentrate on the numbers. Starting at 100, Danielle slowly began counting backward. She usually felt herself relaxing by the time she reached 90. As if from a distance... She heard the doctor say, Are you feeling all right, Danielle? Are you calmer now? Yes, she murmured. Good. Then tell me what you see. Danielle tensed up again as an image appeared in her mind. D, she exclaimed. I'm with D. How do you feel about that? The doctor asked. Angry? Scared? She hates me. Why does she hate you? Jealous, Danielle replied. She's jealous about my singing and about Kit. She wants Kit for herself. Danielle's breath started coming faster now. What's happening now? the doctor asked. I'm running, Danielle replied, breathing rapidly. Running from D? She shook her head. No, we're running on a track, jogging together, Danielle frowned. Except, D's not jogging, she's racing, and... And? Danielle panted. And I'm running after her. I want to catch her. I am. I'm catching up to her. Do you pass her? Dr. Moore asked. No, no, she grabs me, Danielle cried. She's furious. She wants to win. She'll kill me to stop me from beating her. Danielle raised her hands. 
The fingers curved into claws. But Dee can't kill me. I won't let her. I'll kill her first. Every muscle in Danielle's body tensed. Her breathing came faster than ever now. We're fighting now, rolling in the dirt. She's strong, but I'm stronger. A low groan escaped Danielle's throat. She's tearing at my hair, but I've got my hands around her neck. I'm going to... As if from a distance, Danielle heard the doctor snap his fingers. Once. Twice. She felt her arms and legs start to relax as the fantasy fight with Dee began to fade. She slumped in the chair, breathing easier. How do you feel? the doctor asked. I, I don't know, she stammered. I'm sorry. It didn't really help, doctor. I just don't know what to do. I've been thinking about quitting the band. The doctor shook his head. I can't stop you, of course. But I strongly believe that the band is the best thing for you, Danielle. It gives you a purpose, something to work for. Yeah, that's true, Danielle agreed. Without it, I'd probably just hang out in my room. What a waste of talent that would be, Dr. Moore smiled. You'll be okay, Danielle. You really will. But you and I must keep talking. Danielle nodded, then stood up as the doctor glanced at the clock on his desk. Her time was up. She wished she didn't have to leave. She felt safe here. Is your friend waiting for you outside? The doctor asked as Danielle walked to the door. Yes, Caroline, Danielle told him. We're going shopping. Ah, spending money is very good therapy, I've heard, the doctor teased. Danielle forced a smile and said goodbye. The minute she pulled the door shut, she felt tense again. Get a grip, she told herself. You can't hide out in Dr. Moore's office the rest of your life. Okay, Caroline. Um, Danielle stopped and looked around the waiting room. Where was Caroline? Excuse me, Danielle said to Miss Wilkins, the receptionist. I had a friend waiting for me, long blonde hair, jeans, and a red tank top. Did you see her? Miss Wilkins' hands hovered above her computer keyboard. I saw her come in with you, but I'm afraid I've been so busy I didn't see her leave. Caroline probably got bored with the magazines in here, Danielle thought, pushing open the door. She must have decided to wait outside. Danielle hurried across the small gravel parking lot to Caroline's car. Empty. Caroline, she called, glancing around. I'm finished. We can go now. She heard footsteps crunching on the gravel and turned around. Caroline? No. Dee strode toward Danielle, her amber eyes blazing. What are you doing here? Danielle asked. Where's Caroline? Dee kept coming. I want you out of the band, Danielle. Are you listening this time? I want you out.